I'm sorry, okay, okay. I, I was hoping we would get some love from you guys, so thank you for showing up to that. But yeah, my name is Zach, and I'll be speaking to you guys tonight. And what y'all just cracked into is the Gospel of Matthew, the sixth chapter. So if, if you guys have your Bible, go ahead and turn there tonight. Matthew 6, verse 16 through 18. So when I first got this topic, I got asked to speak last week. And last week I couldn't be here, and the first voicemail that James gave me was that it was going to be on giving to the needy. And I was so stoked because I was like, man, I could speak on that for about three months solid. And then I was like, well, man, I can't do it, I can't do it. So he gave me the next topic, and he said, all right, it's going to be fasting. And I was like, oh, goodness. Why? How, how, in, the, how in the world do I talk to a bunch of high school students about giving up something like that for not eating for an extended amount of time. How do I speak that to people and have you guys have any desire to lay down something like that so you can gain God? And, and like that, I love that last song that he was just singing because that song, how many of you guys believe when you, when you were sitting there worshiping, you believe that you're singing those songs to the God in heaven? The God who's higher than every other God, the God that created everything, that spoke it all into existence, that you believe that your, your songs are rising up to that kind of level. And when you think about that, when you worship, those songs are completely different. When you're singing that song and it says, all I want is more of you. I love reading in Isaiah 6, and if you guys have a chance, go home and read that. Isaiah 6, he, sh- he shows the vision that he had of heaven. And when I think about seeing that picture, it's incredible. And I'm like, I can't imagine I really asking for wanting more of that. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I hope that I have one goal in mind tonight, and that when you guys walk out of here, that you would realize that the stuff of this world is nothing compared to the God in heaven, the God that created you and the God that loves you. Like Corey said, the God that planned everything out for you, that spoke everything into existence, that created everything in seven days, that's the God that we're singing to. That's the God we're talking about. And that's the God that's really worth giving it all away for. And this isn't going to be a typical message that I would usually speak. I probably would never have chosen to speak on fasting. But on the flip side of that, I get asked to speak on fasting, and I realize how much I've missed it, how much I truly looked over it. And you guys, I know you guys have been going through the Sermon on the Mount, and you've been calling it the best sermon ever. And um, when, you, when you just flip around this book and you see some of the other things that are in Sermon on the Mount, last week you all went to give into the needy. Next week you're going to go to store in your treasures in heaven and not on this earth. And right before this is actually prayer. So those things are key. So why in the world would Jesus throw this in the mix of all that? And so obviously this is of some importance. And so I just pray that you guys would really, really awaken your hearts, open your eyes to what Jesus is talking about. And I hope that when we walk out of here tonight that we have a clear picture of what fasting is and what fasting is not. And and I told my... My students at the West Campus last week, I, I, there's a, there's a ch- uh, verse in Acts 20, 20 27, and I'm not going to throw it up there, but Paul is telling the Ephesian elders that he's, he, his hands are clean because he's told them the full counsel of God. He's told them everything. He didn't hold anything back from them. And I told my students last Sunday morning, I said, guys, that's my plan for you this year, that I don't hold back anything. The tough areas, the hard things that we don't want to look at, that we want to look over, that's my goal this year is that we would talk about all of those things. And this couldn't be any perfect timing than to talk about fasting to a room full of high school students whom most of you have probably never even considered the idea. Or maybe some of you have been asked to fast with a group and you just didn't really even care to do it. Maybe you did it, but you didn't do it for any of your own desire. 
And so that's my goal, and, and so for, that's my personal goal for this year is to, to not shrink back from any of the gospel, to tell the truth, to teach everything of this book. And I want you guys to realize that this are, these are the words of Jesus Christ that we're reading, and this is the word of God that we're reading from. And so fasting is in here for a reason. It's in scripture for a reason. And I want you guys to, to catch on to that tonight, to know that I'm not up here. We're not in a transitional phase. I know James is out, and then you're waiting on Todd to come in. But guys, I truly believe lives can be changed tonight, even through a topic like this. And maybe some of us who are in love with the Lord, maybe this is a chance to let that fire burn. Like that song said, your love is like a fire that burns for all to see. Maybe this is how we light that flame, to let Christ be glorified through the entire world, through each and every one of your lives. And so my, my one priority tonight and another is just to make sure that you guys are desperately in love with Jesus. And whatever that takes, whatever you have to get rid of, whatever you have to move out of your life or, or stay away from for a little bit, that's my goal is that you guys would, would have a desire to do that. Because this, this morning I had a, a scary conversation, and I'm, and I'm glad I had it this morning before I came and talked to you guys. I talked to a guy, and he was just basically, he was telling me about his relatives who are Christians. And um, so he was telling me all about the great things they're doing. One of them's a missionary, one was a pastor, and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, that's just their thing. And I was kind of like taken aback, and it was like 8 in the morning, so I was really tired. But I kind of slowed down. I thought about that. I'm like, no, it's not just their thing. God doesn't call any of us to come in and be complacent, but God calls everybody to something. And I don't want this, I don't want you guys coming in here every week to be something that you're just spinning your wheels doing because your parents want you to come or because your friend made you. Man, I hope that you guys have a desire to be in the house of God and worship and praise and to open up God's word and study his word and understand his word. Man, that'll change your life 100%, 100%. And it's not just something that some people do. I'm a young guy, and some people might, he probably would say that about me if he was telling somebody about me. He'd say, yeah, that's just Zach's thing. No, it's not just Zach's thing. This is my entire life. That's Jesus Christ. That's a relationship with God in heaven is everything that I am and giving up whatever I have to give to gain his heart. And that's what I'm just praying for you guys. So tonight, let's focus on reprioritizing our relationship with God, figuring out what's important. Because think about it in terms of a relationship. All right, I've been dating a girl for a little while now, which I'm really excited about. All right, give it up for her. Yeah, she's here. She's here. Yeah. Come on. Okay. And I was thinking about this. What if every day when we hung out, that, or what if I didn't really make time for her and I just called her every now and then and talked to her when I needed something, but I was like, yeah, yeah I don't really want to hang out with you. I'm going to go hang out with my friends and maybe I'll see you later. It's kind of up in the air. I'm not real sure. But, and this was every day. What kind of relationship would that be? It probably would not work, right? And sometimes that's how we treat God, right? We say everything else is going to come first. All this other stuff is going to come before you. If I have time or if I have a problem, I'll call you. Guys, that's just disgusting to be truthful. And we're going to get to a passage that explains that in a little bit. That's disgusting. Those are tough words, but it's the truth. So we're going to hop into this Matthew 16 verse, and we're, I'm going to read over it again. You guys just follow along. We'll throw it up on the screen for you. And this is Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
And this is a topic, fasting, that I think we miss a lot because of our lack of hunger for God, if I could be honest for you. Our lack of giving ourselves, spending ourselves all empty for the gospel. I think this is why we ignore fasting so much. And and let me tell you a little bit what fasting is not. And fasting is not a religious regularity that you should go do on a weekly basis. And that's what he's speaking about here. How many times in the Sermon on the Mount so far have you guys heard the part when when Jesus says, truly I tell you, they've received your reward in full right there. You hear that over and over and over. In prayer, it was talking about it. You know, you you receive your reward in full right there. If you're going around and fasting and telling other people about it, yeah, guys, I just did a seven-day fast. I didn't eat anything. Well, that's what you got right there. That is your reward. Congratulations. You told everybody you didn't eat. Now you have an empty stomach and you're really hungry. That's all you get. But know what Jesus is telling the people to do is when you fast, do it in secret. And when he says put oil on your head, he would, basically what they were talking about was just clean yourself up. Go out and look normal. If you're a girl, put your makeup on or whatever. If you're a guy, if you wear makeup, whatever. Put that on too. You look good when you go out, all right? That's what he's saying. He's saying go out, look normal, be normal. Don't, don't shout it out from the rooftops that you're fasting. But do this in secret and then I'm going to reward you. There's, and, and, and another thing that fasting is not, is fasting is not, and don't please don't miss this tonight, fasting is not giving up something that you shouldn't be doing to begin with. That's not fasting. That's being obedient to the Lord. That's, <laughs> you've got two different subjects going on right here. Fasting, I'll give you a little piece. Fasting is giving up something good for what's greater, and that's Jesus Christ and the heart of God. Obedience, if you're sleeping with your girlfriend, you're not fasting from sleeping with your girlfriend. You're, you're being obedient. That's fasting. Fasting is giving up something that's good for something that's greater. And it comes in different things. Fasting, and we'll hit on some of it, fasting is not strictly just not eating food. There's more to it than that. It's important to grow closer to God when those other things are holding you back and they're fighting for your attentions and affections. All, all of this world, I know you guys see it, there are things that are fighting for your attention and they're not necessarily bad things, but they're fighting for your heart and your souls and you have to stay away from that. And that's what Jesus is telling them to do. And I'm not gonna throw this up on the screen, but I want you guys to listen to what the prophet Isaiah spoke in chapter 58. And this is about fasting. And kind of take this to heart whenever you're thinking about fasting, where you're not shouting it out from the rooftops, and you're not doing it in complete disobedience, but you're doing it from a true heart, a heart that seeks God, a heart that wants God. And listen to what Isaiah said. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? These are the people talking. Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? And this is the Lord speaking. Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast today as you do and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen only for a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what I call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is this not the kind of fast I've chosen? Now he's getting into the point of saying, okay, that's what you shouldn't do, where you're going and you're, you're, you're condemning everyone, you're doing all these sinful things, and then you're just coming and cleaning yourself up religiously to look good. But he's saying, this is what I desire, to lose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke and to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry And to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. 
That's what he's saying. You live a life of sheer obedience. You just do what the Lord tells you. And then you fast and you gain the Father's heart. You get insight to the heart of God. You get a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. And he says, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you. That's the reward that he was talking about. See, in the Old Testament, people would generally fast twice a day in these times. Most people would fast twice a day, Monday and Thursday. And they, when they would do it, they would put, wear like sackcloths. I'm not quite sure what that is. But, um, you know, they, just, they wore these little sackcloths. And I can't really give you a good picture of that. But they would also put like ash on their face. And so people would know, and they would look really disfigured and just gross and messed up. So you knew they were fasting. You could tell these people were, something was wrong with them. And, and they would do that. And what Jesus is, is telling the people in Matthew is, what you're doing, you're dressing up like that, and you're looking bad, that's your reward right there in full. You got it. And he's, he's trying to tell them not to do this. And, and how I want to look at another end of fasting is how we're going to fast on this side of the cross. So you guys know Old Testament, the New Testament, right there, slap in the middle, was Jesus Christ on a cross. That sacrifice that saved our lives, that, that laid down for our sin, now we have to learn how to fast on this side of that. And Jesus speaks to that later on in the Gospel of Matthew. So if you guys want to go ahead and turn over to Matthew 9, and we will put these on the screen for you. And so, so Jesus doesn't want this to turn into a religious ritual. And, and this is the whole heart of the story. This is what you're going to get from fasting, and this is what I want you guys to understand tonight. So go to, we're going to read from uh, Matthew 9, verse 14. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your, disciple, your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast. So I'm sure you guys have heard before, Jesus refers to himself as the bridegroom, and we're the, basically the groom, and then we, the church, are the bride of Christ. You guys heard that before? For a little little head nod, yeah? Uh-huh, uh-huh. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so we, we got bride, Jesus Christ, and then we have us, the, 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 um, he's the groom, we're the bride. And so what he's saying here is when they were asking why Jesus' disciples weren't fasting, he's saying, I'm right here with them. They have no need to fast. But there's going to be a time where I'm not here anymore. Then they're going to fast. So Jesus is telling them, this is when you're going to fast after I'm gone. And, and, and what I want you guys to understand is when you fast, you're fasting in eager anticipation of Jesus. You're fasting to seek out the Father's heart. You want to draw closer to God. There's that little, like, there's that little in-between of us and heaven, right? We're at this time on earth, and we want to close that. We want to draw closer to him. And how many times in life do things come in and, and steal out your affections and your attention, right? Think about some things right now that have, have a hold of your heart other than Christ. What, what are some of those things for you? I had, I had a point in my life where I just really, I, and I still like movies, but I really loved movies a lot, and I would watch a lot of movies, and it would take a hold, honestly, it would take a hold of my affections. Because I would get home and I would say, you know what, I don't, I don't really want to get in the Word. I'll, I'll watch this movie, then I'm going to get in the Word later. And how often did that happen? Never. I'd watch the movie, fall asleep, or just watch another one, you know. So, and, and think about some other, and it can look at, it comes in different forms. Maybe it's food for some of us. Maybe food has such a tight grip on our lives and that's all we're focused on and that's all we care about. And it's taken loss 
of our affections off of Christ to food. And I want to, I've got a nice little example of what we're talking about tonight. And I hope you guys like this. Dig around over here. Here we go. Got a pineapple in the house. I don't know if you saw that. Nope, nope. Here we go. Coming out. Okay, we're good. We're good. We got a pineapple. Now the message gets better, right? Because we got a pineapple, all right? Okay. We got a couple Barbies too, right? Huh? Huh? You like it? All right. Oh. Well, she's got a messed up. She's got a little thing on the back. It's just kind of falling off because she got messed up in the bag. Okay. So, so we have the groom, Jesus, and this isn't Jesus, but we're just going to roll with it for now. Don't take me literally right here, but we got Jesus, right? And then this is the church. This is the bride of Christ right here, bridegroom, all right? Right there, all right? And we got something that stands in between. A pineapple. That's the coolest food I could find uh, that, that would stand up on its own because I only got two hands. So, and this guy, he's just going to have to have a seat. So here we go. He's waiting on us, and we're waiting on him. All right, here we go. So, <laughs> I'll give it to somebody afterwards if you want to. You can take it home and eat it. It's, it's clean, I promise. All right, so, so this is the story. This is kind of what it's like right here. So here we are. We're sitting on this side. We're sitting on earth. And, and, and some of us, we really have that desire to, to have a relationship with Christ. Some of us really do have that desire. But then there's other things that come out and steal that desire sometimes. We let the affections fall out. And it's, and it's whatever this may be. We'll, we'll say food for the moment. So, so we have food that's standing right in between us. So we want to draw closer, but there's that, there's that void right there in the way. There's that thing that stands right in between us. And what fasting is, fasting is saying, I'm going to remove this so we can come together. And maybe it's not always a, a pineapple and food, all right? And I got the sweetest cell phone I could find right here, all right? This is it, right? Okay. This is it. All right. Oh, we're not going to do that. Okay. So maybe it's that. Maybe we spend so, Maybe some of you guys spend so much attention to your friends on your cell phone texting, and calling them that you're not taking that time at home at night to sit in the word and let God speak to you. Maybe that's it. And maybe you have this idea that you want to draw closer, but then you get, it just stands right in the way. And it stops you from gaining the heart. You've put something else so much more important than Jesus that it's standing right in between you. So the idea is you, fasting is you, you remove those things so you can get more intimate with the Father. Is that your desire at all? Does anyone have a true desire to grow closer to the Father? It's mine. I know that every day. And sometimes I have to step back and say, okay, what's in the way right now? What's in the way of me and the Father's heart? And and what it is, it's it's an act of humility to step back and say, all right, God, you are so much more than this. You are worth so much more to me than these things that I'm living for, than these people that I constantly give all my attention to, or than these things that I constantly give all my attention to. You are worth so much more. And guys, if you believe this book, if you believe what's in scripture, 
that one day we're going to stand accountable to God? I mean, there's nothing that should stand in the way of us in Christ. There is nothing. And that's the key to fasting. That's saying, you know what, God? I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to lay these things down so I can see you more clearly, so I can hear you more clearly. And sometimes, you, some of you guys, how many of you guys are getting ready to go off to college? How many of you guys are struggling over a decision on where to go? Some people. And some of you guys might come into that later on. Have you ever thought about asking God for those questions? Have you ever thought about asking him for the answer? Maybe if you lay some things down for a season, you understand the father a little more. And, and like that picture of the bride and groom, how many of you guys have ever been around a couple that gets engaged? All right, and they're, they're, they're engaged, they're getting excited to be married. And that's kind of the time that we're in right now in light of scripture. We're almost in the engagement period. I kind of look at it, I kind of look at the Bible this way, and I don't want to belittle scripture, but that's kind of how I look at the, the setup. Old Testament, we were, we were seeking, we were dating, all right? Old Testament, we were dating. Christ came and died for us, now we're engaged. And then Christ is going to come again, then we're married. We're the bride of Christ, and we're going to reign with him be in heaven. That's the marriage. And then it just goes to eternity. And, and one, of our, um, one of the girls that helps lead worship for us out at the West Campus got engaged on New Year's, and I just saw her last week for the first time. Oh, my goodness. How annoying are those engaged couples, right? Yeah. Dude, she walks in the room. He's blowing me up like, hey, dude, that's, that's my fiance. And I'm like, I know. You guys text me the night of. You sent me a picture of the ring. I know. And then he's telling me, and then she sees me, and she tells me. But it's that excitement factor, right, that they're so excited to be with each other, and they have so much anticipation for that day. That day when they finally get married, they have the anticipation to be with each other and spend their lives together. That is the kind of anticipation we need to have of our relationships with Christ. We need to be so fired up about Jesus that we are willing to give everything away for the sake of the cross. We need to be willing to lay down every single part of our lives so we can have the heart of the Father. And think about that. Are you willing to lay some things down at one point in my life, God was laying fasting on my heart for a long season, and I was scared. I was a little younger. I was scared. I was like, I just don't know if I can do that. And then you finally fast, and you realize, okay, God knows what's best. He put this in Scripture for a reason, and we're not going to ignore it anymore. We want to seek the Father's heart. We want to live in a lives of anticipation. I don't want the church, I don't want you guys to come in and just, you know, you don't want those people to say, well, I see these Christians and they're not that fired up about Jesus. They say they love him, they say he's their number one, but they don't look that fired up. Guys, I don't want to be like that. I don't want you guys to be like that. That's my heart's desire is for young people. That's why I love young people because, man, when you guys get committed, your hearts will burn for something. You guys, you could change everything in this nation, in, the, in your schools, in your families? How eager are you for Christ? What's standing in the way? And, and another story that I love in the Old Testament, and it sort of can relate, is the Israelites, when they were in the, in the wilderness for 40 years, and God was providing everything they needed. They were getting manna and quail. These dudes were eating good. But they had the same thing for 40 years. They got burned out. 
And God is sitting there saying, I have a plan. I have a promised land for you. I'm taking you to a place. I'm taking you to a great land. Follow me. And they got so tired of it that they started rejecting him. He's doing incredible things before their eyes and, and, and they're rejecting him. And we can relate that back to fasting because God is saying for each one of you guys, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. In Jeremiah, God says, I know the plans for you. He has a plan for every single one of you. And when you can loosen that grip of the world and focus your attention on him, man, it, life makes sense. You are going to understand some things and see things in a new light that you have never seen before. You just got to humble yourselves. And this message, I'm going to close in a minute. And this message is only going to be for some of you guys because I'm aware that there's another group of you in here that don't even know who Jesus is. And all I'm concerned about, all I've been praying for this week is that group of you that don't know who Jesus is. You're coming in here every week and you're hearing about him that you would finally understand that he's worth everything that you are. He's worth every single thing you have going for you. He created you. He knows everything about you. And so my hope is that you guys would just give your lives up for that. In, in, in the Gospel of John, Jesus is referred to as the bread of life. He is the bread of life. And those who eat and drink from him will never go hungry or thirsty again. And that is what I hope for some of you guys. And then for the flip side, those of you that do know Jesus, and maybe you've just been a little complacent for a while, maybe you've been living a lukewarm style of Christianity. And guys, let me tell you, that's, that's just not acceptable. We're talking about the king of kings that resurrected from the dead. He doesn't desire half hearts. He wants all of your attention, all of your affections. Everything that you are, he wants it. And so some of us need to pray tonight and find out what, what are those things that are holding us back? What are those things that are stopping us? And just let me tell you, nothing is more important than Jesus Christ. I cannot explain it enough. I can't beat that dead horse enough that nothing is more important. I stand up here as young young person to young person to be a living proof of that, that I'm just telling you that I've experienced so many things that nothing can talk me out of what I've seen and heard and that Jesus Christ is so real and so prevalent in your lives and in mine. So guys, I just pray that you would have that heart desire tonight. And so, so going out of this message into next week, I don't want some of you guys to just make an impulse decision to go do a fast. Because like I said, it's not some religious ritual that you do every, every week or every month. There, there, Jesus doesn't lay out a certain time frame that you have to fast for. He doesn't say you need to fast every third Thursday of the second month. But whenever you're feeling those moments and those seasons where you're not that hungry anymore, let that be a time where you go into a fast. And don't go shout it out to the world. Do it in secret so your Father's going to reward you. And you, know, you want to know what the reward is? It's the kingdom of heaven. That's the best reward you could ever get. It's more important than God dropping off a bag of money on your front door. You get the kingdom of heaven. And that's the most important thing you could ever ask for. So don't go out and just make an impulse decision, but pray through it, seek through it, and figure out what has a hold of your hearts and your attention and let God have it all. Like that song says, give it all away to go his way. And that's, I, if that's, I hope that's y'all's anthem, like he said, because that's a beautiful song. I love it. So let that be the idea of your fast. You're giving it all away. You're not giving it up forever.
but you're giving it away for a season so you can know the creator more intimately. And so I want to pray over you guys. And I want to pray that the Holy Spirit is just with us right now. So God, we just, we just pray for your spirit to be so thick in here right now, Father. That no one goes out of here and just ignores what they've heard, but that we would take in, into account the scripture and that we would live a life of abundant joy with the Father. God, we are so desperate for a touch from you. And we are so unworthy. And I pray that every single person here, if there's something that's holding them back from you, Father, I pray that we would give it up for a time so we could see and hear you more clearly. Father, speak into every single part of our hearts. God, let the Holy Spirit convict us. Search our hearts and search our souls, Lord. We are crying out for it. I'm crying out for it over these students right now that they would find those things that they need to, to, to put away for just a little time so they can hear your voice. God, we love you. We're just so desperate for you. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, man. How you doing, brother? Thank you, man. Thank you.